Hello and welcome to the Jesse and Melva podcast. Let's talk about love and marriage. We are so glad you're here. Do you know how so many couples get so caught in the routine of their daily lives that their relationship loses its spark? Well, we help you get that spark back in the way that sticks. This is the place where you will discover the secrets of happy couples that you can apply to your own relationships. And now, here's Jesse and Melba. Hello, this is Jesse Johnson. And I'm Melba Thomas Johnson. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We're delighted that you've taken the time to tune into our show. We want to make this time you share with us meaningful by offering you ideas, information, and suggestions to help you in all your important relationships, especially in your marriage or coupleship. We're launching a series of new shows that we're calling The 10 Most Common Relationship Problems. You'll want to join us for this entire series. Our goal in the series is to provide you with information and assistance on what most people consider their 10 greatest problems in their relationships. These problems are those that we have seen most often in our work with couples over the 32 years that we have been in private practice, and we're excited about sharing this information with you. So we'd like to ask those of you who are listening what you think is the number one problem in most relationships. Well, if you said communication, you'd be correct. In our professional experience, better than 90% say that communication is their number one problem, and they very wisely have sought help to address that. Yeah, and Jesse, would you agree that when most couples come in to see us, they complain that their partners just don't listen to them? Melba, I would definitely agree with that. And if partners don't feel heard, the communications break down. And when that happens, there's little chance for resolving the problems between you. So good communications is essential. If either one shuts down and withdraws or becomes reactive by becoming quarrelsome, belligerent, shouting, yelling, or throwing things, not a good idea, for example, these behaviors contribute to the communication breakdown in a big-time way. These are not problem-solving behaviors and only serve to contribute to an even greater escalation of the conflict. Well, Melva, I would definitely agree with you. And problems are not resolved while couples are fighting or fleeing or hiding or simply giving in to another's demands just to keep the peace. And when a breakdown in communication continues over time and the problems are not resolved, there's a tendency to communicate even less and less. You know, if you're fighting and things are not, you're not able to resolve your conflict or your problem, you just have a tendency just not to want to talk about anything much at all. And so eventually the relationship erodes and Neither partner feels very good about, you know, what they're doing and what they've gotten themselves into in this relationship. So, um, Melba, I have a question for you. Would you agree that when communication breaks down and couples are not in a good place with each other, that it has a tendency of impacting their whole world, that nothing seems to go right? 
Yes, I would definitely agree. I know it's been true for us. I remember that before we learned how to communicate effectively, that it would take us days to resolve our problems. I remember that. Yeah. And while we were upset with each other, things were not very pleasant around the house. Even our sons were affected. They would be tiptoeing around the house, afraid to say very much because they didn't want to make a bad situation worse. It was not a good thing. I think our experience is probably the same as most couples when there are communication problems between couples. Everyone in the household is impacted, whether we or they realize it or not. The good news for us is that it didn't take us long, well, at least now it doesn't take us long anymore when we have disagreements. We learn some communication skills that we now teach others so they can also communicate better and resolve their conflicts more quickly. People try to communicate, and they try really hard. The problem is that in spite of how hard they try, they just don't know how. And they haven't learned because no one has taught them how to communicate effectively or successfully because relationships really don't come with the manual about how to communicate effectively. That is absolutely true. And, you know, Melva, there are a lot of positive payoffs by learning how to communicate effectively. You know, as a man, for example, who all of my life has focused on my work and career, I wasn't aware of how much my work effectiveness and my career success was impacted when we were not communicating effectively at home. Um, I think a lot of people believe that uh, they can just simply go to work and leave their problems at home. You know, that uh, when I shut the door at home, I just go to work and that's it. Well, what we don't think uh, a lot uh, about is the fact that we can't leave our problems at home, that some way or the other, that those communication problems that we have at home have a way of creeping into our work situations. One thing is that it impacts our ability to concentrate completely because either consciously or unconsciously, it's still on our minds. And this has a serious as well as a negative impact on our work effectiveness. Uh, so let me give you a personal example. Um, I remember that when I was employed a few years ago in an extremely demanding administrating job, administrative job in the truck of the schools, um, that uh, there were times when, uh, before we learned how to better communicate, that that was a problem for me in my work. Um, and I know that you'll recall how challenging Melba that job was because you and I uh, were in the same department. In fact, we met in, the, in that department. Right. Um, I would go to work with a mountain of things that needed to be done. And <clears throat> there were times, of course, when I go to work after we had had some kind of unresolved argument or fight that we just didn't seem to be able to resolve. And um, it wasn't because we didn't try, but because we just didn't know how to resolve the conflict. So I'd go to work, and I'd be so impacted by a conflict that I would um, – uh, just I just couldn't wrap my mind around the work that I needed to do. So, I, you know, I just kind of sit at my desk and uh, would have the work um, to get done, but uh, I, it took me some time to be able to shift gears. So I would oftentimes just kind of sit at my desk 
and really spent some time working on myself, trying to get focused so I could get done what I needed to get done. And uh, sometimes it would I would manage to do that fairly quickly. At other times, it took a longer period of time. But however long it took, it impacted my effectiveness because uh, I was not going to work and really jumping right into what I needed to, to get done. And I don't think that my experience with that in terms of uh, my work situation uh, is any different than a lot of other people. Um, when we learned how to communicate more effectively, I went to work, you know, happy. I could go right to work, so I was more effectively, uh, more effective. I could also manage to handle stress at work better, and I look forward to coming home knowing that I would be greeted with love and affection from you and our sons. And I can't tell you what a difference that that made for me. Um, so I want to also make another important point to men. Very often the women in our lives often beg us to get help or go to counseling or taking a relationship class or reading books or whatever to help us deal with the problems in our communications and our relationship. Um, but um, it is usually us men who often resist. We can make all kinds of excuses for not getting help. Mostly it's our false pride and egos that prevent us from getting that help. We don't feel that we need to fix the problems or that we say the things are really not that bad. So we put up a wall and refuse to get the help. Often we don't realize how bad things are until one day we're served with divorce papers or the moving van is at the front door when our wives or our partners announce that they're leaving. So let me uh, ask the guys out there just one question. What do you do when your car needs to be repaired and you don't uh, know how to fix it? You've tried everything possible to fix it yourself, but in spite of everything, it just doesn't work. So, you know, what do you do when that happens? Well, we take our car to an auto mechanic. Now, we may not want to go, and we may not even want to pay the amount of money that it's going to cost to get the car repaired. But we go anyway because it's important. So if we can relate to that, then what about our relationships? When our marriages or relationships are in trouble and we've tried everything we know to do to fix it, but in spite of everything we've tried, it just doesn't work, then, in my opinion, it's time to take ourselves and our partners to a relationship repair shop to get things fixed. Then our relationships, like our cars, We'll be able to run on all four cylinders. So, Jesse, yes. I'm so glad you talked about what it was like for you as a man, the impact that problems in communication have on you. I think a lot of women don't really understand it from a, a man's point of view. Um, so I guess that a lot of men were like you. Um, and, you know, again, we as women, most of us, aren't even aware that the men in, in our lives are impacted when things don't go well between us. So many of us believe that our men just go about their lives paying little, if any, attention to the conflict. This will probably be new information for a lot of women, information we need to have. Your illustration with men and fixing cars is also important. Most women would probably say that their marriage or relationship is more important than a car. I guess that many men would probably disagree, saying that they need their cars to go to work. Women would probably say that while the car is important, 
that is no more important than they are as their husband's wife or partner. But I think a, a, a lot of women need to know that um, uh, we think differently. You know, men are wired differently than women are. And that when women think about relationships and connection, they think about it from an emotional point of view. And many times um, men are wired to think in terms of logic. So if they use this example to give information about how they think about it, we as women need to stretch out of our way of thinking about it and pay attention to how they experience it so that we can be more empathetic and compassionate and therefore um, more effectively raise the likelihood of working things through. Right. Well, I'd also like to, to, to add another uh, important part, and this re- applies to the man's logic, okay, um, since you also indicated, I think, very fittingly that there is a difference between the way men think and the way women uh, think also being emotional and so on. But, you know, uh, if you really don't fix the marriage or the relationship and you resist and you continue not to uh, to get the help that you need, I would say to, to men, we stand a chance of not only losing the car but also uh you know, our, our wives, our girlfriends, either through a separation or a divorce. Uh, and in fact, uh, if that should happen, we guys are likely to lose, in addition to the wife and the car, we're going to lose the house, whatever money or whatever else uh, your wife's attorneys can find as assets to give to her in the divorce settlement. So the bottom line is this, is that it's really in everybody's interest to get help to learn how to communicate effectively to resolve problems. Uh, so, Melva, right now I'm thinking about those couples who have been experiencing long-term um, problems in their relationship because of their inability to communicate effectively. The impact must be considerable and quite painful. Uh, it's not surprising that over time the pain may become so intense that couples do decide that the only solution is to separate or divorce. And when people make that kind of decision, uh, that's really, really unfortunate because so often those relationships really can be changed and turned around significantly when couples learn how to communicate more effectively. So um, not only uh, are the couples able to stay together, but also they'd be able to spare their families, you know, their children as well as themselves, of a breakup, you know, when families fall apart like that. I'd also like to uh, make the point that the word communication comes from the same root word as commune or communion. And within the Christian community, communion is a sacred practice or tradition, also known as the Eucharist. Uh, and that is a religious act symbolizing our divine connection with Christ, who, according to our Christian belief, atoned for the sins of the world by his life, death, and resurrection. So it's important that in sharing this information that you have noted that is part of the Christian tradition because there are those who listen to the show who are members of various religious faiths and traditions. Yes, that is true. And what we have to share in this radio show applies, of course, to people of all faiths. I only wanted to note that that connection, uh, connection uh, between the word communication and the root word communion or a uh, commune 
that it emphasizes the importance of connection. The word communion denotes our relationship with God and communication, uh, often meaning our relationship with each other. This explains, I think, in part the reason why we're so impacted uh, so intensely when we don't communicate effectively. It's because the connection has been broken and can only be repaired when the connection is restored. So, so Jesse, mm-hmm. I think it's important to point out that communicating effectively with another person involves a number of important processes. It's more than just opening your mouth and saying something to someone else. So why don't we share with our listeners some of the important aspects of communications between people? Okay, uh, Melva. Uh, why don't we talk about some of them briefly? Uh, the first would be speaking. Learning how to speak by communicating a message so clearly that the other person can hear you and respond positively is extremely important. And I would also add that it's a skill that must be learned. Far too often, we try to communicate with another person when we're upset. This is not a good time to try to communicate because the other person is likely to respond to your upset so that the message that you've been trying to communicate is not heard, then have a chance of really getting through. Another aspect of speaking is the fact that some of us talk on and on and on and on and on and on. Why are you looking over here? Uh, well, because you have to be one of those who talks on and on. <laughs> okay. It seems to take forever to get to the point. Um, on the other hand, there are others of us who don't talk enough. We don't share enough information so that we can fully uh, uh, understand and exactly uh, know what what it is that uh, completely what we're trying to communicate. So some talk too much, <laughs> some don't talk enough. So speaking is one important aspect of the communication process. So, Melba, what's another? Well, another uh, aspect is listening. First, a message must be sent in a way that it can be heard, and then another person must receive it and listen to the message. Listening is a, a major problem in communications because it's usually where the com- conversation breaks down. Maybe we should say the lack of listening. Uh-huh. We know that under the best circumstances, when things are going along okay between partners, that we don't hear everything our partner says to us. Now, when we get emotionally triggered, when our partner pushes our buttons, the listening goes down to next to nothing. Why? Often because when you, when you start to argue, you stop listening and start preparing your rebuttal. Listening and speaking go hand in hand. Listening, like speaking, is a skill that must be learned. And until you learn the skill of listening, your communication skills will suffer. I mean, and your communication between each other will suffer. So, Jesse, what's another aspect of communication? Okay, so far we've talked about speaking and listening. Uh, another very important aspect is um, we also communicate by our facial expressions. In fact, you know, it's been determined that nonverbal facial expressions and gestures are as important in communication as the words we say. 
you know, we read each other each other's facial expressions, and we make up a story in our minds about what it means. And often our assumptions are really incorrect. Um, we also look for the consistent for the uh, a consistency and an agreement between what we say or what our partners say and how they look. So if our facial expressions match what we say, then our words are more believable. So if you have a frown on your face and you're saying that you're not angry, then there's not a congruent message. Right, absolutely. So that could be confusing. That is absolutely true. And in addition to that, I would say that people would probably more um, would, would, would take more, give more credence to the frown than the words that you say in those kinds of situations because your, your facial expressions really tells to a great extent to what you really are, uh, what you're really feeling inside. So um, facial expressions are another very important aspect in the communication process. Another one, Nola? Yeah, another one. Um, gestures and body position. Some people aren't aware of it, but gestures and body position also communicate as much as what you say. For example, everyone knows what giving someone a finger means. I mean, everyone. <laughs> you don't have to say a word. Or... We also know know what it means when you're talking to someone and they turn their back on you. Big message. Putting your hands on your hip or turning your head or stamping your feet also communicate the message. Right. And those are big exaggerations, but uh, the point is well taken. Yeah, well, that, that's the point that we wanted to make. Right. That we wanted to offer <clears throat> something that people could really understand. Yeah. So the bottom line is this. If you want to have a successful relationship, you must learn how to communicate effectively. Then the question might be, so how can we learn how to communicate? Where can we go for help? We have a question from one of our listeners who heard us at a talk one time. Actually, they heard us recently talk about uh, how important it is to set an appointment to have an argument. Mm -hmm. You want to answer that one? Well, you can. Why don't you? Can I? Um, so one of our favorite things to advise people to do is when you are upset about something, it's important to have a safe environment to get your message across and also to listen to the other person's message. So we have couples make an agreement to have an argument in a very safe and structured way by appointment only. So, again, thanks for listening. Uh, remember that we'd like to hear from you. You can drop us an email with your questions or comments. This has been Jesse Johnson. And Melva Thomas Johnson, thank you for listening. Wishing you success in all your relationships. Take care. And bye for now. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Jesse and Melva podcast. Let's talk about love and marriage, where we help you get that spark back in your relationship. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and listen to all of our shows. We post new shows every week, and we want to help each of your relationships. You can receive even more great information from successful couples by visiting our Facebook group. 
Tips for success in love, marriage, and life. It's easy. Just search for Tips for Success in Love, Marriage, and Life at Facebook.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. See you next time.